You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Good morning, Joe. How are you today? Ah, oh, Richard, I am doing well. I'm on a massive high. Oh, really? Why is that? Yeah. Well, I thought it was going to be rained out this morning, but I had my first tennis lesson, uh, picked up a tennis racket for the first time in years, and it was so fun. It was so good. That I is fantastic, it. a tennis yeah. lesson. Yes. Well, tennis is the best game in the world, <laughs> and um, I've always loved it but hadn't found an opportunity to get back into the – they do this thing called Ladies Fun and Fitness where you do a bunch of – drills and skill development as well as some match play mm-hmm. and so I got back into that after a bunch of years not doing any tennis and it was so great and yeah, yeah the That's joy awesome. of playing the game that you love <laughs> so could you get the ball into the court most times oh, absolutely not out. most times okay. absolutely not most times I'm a I'm just as in everything in life, I'm a bit highly strung. <laughs> so sometimes I'm really on my game and sometimes I come way off my game. And I, we did this thing where you had to hit two volleys and a smash. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'd get three out of three and other times I'd get zero. So <laughs> <laughs> no. you just watch the coach being like, oh, okay, yep, right. That's really good. <laughs> and it's, did the coach have any feedback for you after this uh, first Oh, lesson? yeah. It's like constantly telling you how you can be improving, which is exactly what I love. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the main reason I'm doing it as well as having the best game in the world is to make new friends. And I think I've made some new friends Yeah, already. I can yeah. see why you, you were doing tennis together. It, it, people yeah. are similar kind of level to you. Yeah. Oh, some of them are way better than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, it's been really – it was – really fun and I got they said oh what do you do and of course you can't hide there you say oh I'm a minister and yeah. I said because the tennis is at Lambton I said oh it's the car- I'm the church where we run carols oh yeah I know that church oh that's great yeah and it was really positive and I had such fun fantastic how did you go with your competitive spirit oh look that was definitely on but I tried to keep <laughs> it toned down it's something I have to manage yeah but that, someone also said you bring such energy this is fun I was like oh that's nice. <laughs> you do bring energy. <laughs> it was an unexpected compliment because I have never met this lady before mm. and I was like, oh, maybe I should pipe down on the energy thing. <laughs> maybe we're all meant to be de- have decorum, <laughs> no. which is not a word I usually and aspire you, to. Do you have a tennis, <laughs> tennis outfit, like whites? Oh, uh, no, definitely not. Okay. Yeah. No. That's good. I'm, I'm, I'm all about the casual active wear that everyone wears now at Anytime, which is so it's become leisure wear. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Mm. And is this going to be once a week sort of thing? Yep. Wednesday mornings, once a week for the term. And hopefully it will be something I can continue for the year. But it's just a bit of a wait and see because it's, I don't know how it's going to work to have it on a Wednesday morning. Oh, well, that's Mm. fantastic. I can see why you're on a high. What an awesome thing to start your day with. Yeah, it was super fun. What about you? What have you been up to? Um, I thought I'd share with you um, a little adventure we had in Sydney last weekend. We finally got down there after COVID settled down. And yeah. uh, we went out to uh, Japanese with my in-laws. I don't know if I've talked to you about Ooh. Japanese with my in-laws before, but uh, um, vegetarians should probably just skip forward the next couple of minutes. But uh, <laughs> I love sharing this with you, Joe, because I know your enthusiasm for strange and exotic foods. <laughs> Such an enthusiasm, <laughs> given that I was raised on meat and three vegetables. Yes. <laughs> 
so Jen's parents love eating food and quality food and variety food and ethnic food and things, um, mm. but they don't have large appetites. So they love us coming along because that means they can take us out to somewhere they want to go, order lots yeah. of different dishes and know that it'll get eaten. And uh, it's a win for us because we're yes. not paying and uh, we enjoy all the food. And so <laughs> that's, that's a match uh, made in heaven. <laughs> yeah. So we went to their favorite Japanese restaurant. They're, they're ethnically Chinese, but they love Japanese food. And uh, we had some great food there. So there we had a brilliant plate of sushi, the mm-hmm. sashimi, the raw fish, including some raw eel and raw prawn. Um, mm-hmm. There was uh, some deep fried cooked school prawns where you just they're little prawns you just munch down the whole thing uh right kind of like a soft shell crab it's not particularly soft shells no it's um it's it's a bit (laughs) they're crunchy to be honest small and crunchy very prawny right very prawny some deep fried whole uh silverfish like little mini fish oh yeah Um, yes which the greeks eat right Probably, yeah, I think so. Anyone who uh, loves seafood will crunch down some whole little uh, yeah. silverfish or white bait. Yeah, white bait, um, yep. We had a the head of a kingfish grilled. Oh, my. And uh, everyone gets into that. So you've got this head on the plate sitting, staring at you. Oh, and you're like, you know, the cheek meat is exquisite. That's what everyone <laughs> will uh, you know, My mother-in-law will claim the cheek. So. Oh, gosh. We'll all pick that out, then we'll flip it over and we'll pick out the cheek on the other side and other things. Wow. Wow. Um, and uh, the, uh, for the miso soup, we often get the little scampy head, which is like a crayfish or a large prawn, and that'll, that'll be dropped in the soup. So you've got this little scampy head peering out at you from the soup for some extra seafood <laughs> flavour. <laughs> Sorry, just can't help it. Yeah. <laughs> So many heads and eyes looking at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't normally eat the eyes. There's not much. They're not very tasty of, uh, of okay. the, uh, the large kingfish. But, uh, yeah, so that was uh, great fun, Joe. <laughs> okay. And so here's the question. Mm. Have you, in this experience, encountered food that you're just never, ever going to eat again? Or have you have you actually come to enjoy every single part of what you just described to me? Oh, I enjoy it all. There's only one thing that I don't do. So my mother-in-law will take the scampi head and uh, and suck the brains out of it for, for the day. <laughs> yeah. And I, I can't come at that. But, yeah, <laughs> nothing goes to waste there. <laughs> do you want to know that for the last three minutes I've been holding off saying yuck and that's the thing <laughs> that got me? That's the thing. <laughs> Sorry. I want to be appreciative of different cultures, but, man, that's food I just don't know if I yeah, can get yeah. amongst. <laughs> not many people. Well, that's right. It's delicious. Not many people can go the sucking up the uh, the brains. Of yeah, the yeah, different. right. But, uh, yeah, that was a highlight. I enjoyed that. And I imagine there's been lots of chat. Like it, it's quite enjoyable to get into food like that together. Yeah, 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 lots of chat. Mm. You know, a bit of the, uh, the the waiter. My father-in-law tips generously, so the uh, the head waiter always mm. comes and has a chat and so, uh, you know, it's it's a very important part of our sort of extended family relationship. That's great. So, hmm. um, yeah. Now, uh, what have you been? Uh, you're in the Gospel Project this year uh, after the Minor Prophets Project from 2020. Yes, What's, yes. What have you been uh, reading? I'm deep into John, mm-hmm. which I'm finding actually has way more depth. Of course it does. Every Gospel does. But yeah. way more depth that I'm enjoying that I've been surprised by. Yeah. So I'm in Chapter 8 which has, of course, got that bit which early manuscripts may or may not have. But we're, we're skipping down to around verse 38. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Jesus is talking with the Jews and he has this interesting re- repetition that I really found very interesting. Mm. And so from verse 38, I'll just read a little bit. He says, Jesus says, I'm telling you what I've seen in the Father's presence and you are doing what you've heard from your Father. And then I'll skip down to verse 41. You are doing the works of your own Father. Mm. And then, of course, in both cases, first the Jews say, Abraham is our Father. Then they say, we're not illegitimate children. The only Father we have is God himself. And then he continues in verse 42. Jesus says to them, if God were your Father, you would love me for I have not come come here. Oh, have I come? Oh, let me start that again. If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. And then he responds to them and he says in verse 44, you belong to your father, the devil. Mm. And it's almost just such a quickly escalating situation. Mm. He says, you've got a different father. And they say, no. And he says, you've got a different father. And they say, no. And he says, you've got a different father. And it's the devil, which is just really intense. And I'd never picked mm. that up before. And then it finishes the sort of little moment he in his speech in verse 47. He says, whoever belongs to God, he, here's what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. And then they moved on. The Jews, of course, move on to talking yeah. about Jesus being demon-possessed. Wow. And it really jumped out at me today how quickly that, how clearly Jesus was trying to say, God the Father is not your father. Abraham is not your father. The yeah. devil is your father. I can see as you, you walk us through it there, um, he's saying your father, your father, and they, they're putting different candidates for their own fatherhood, whoever yes. their father, Abraham and then God. Yeah. And then um, I think as listeners and readers, we're a bit like, what's what's going on here? Who? Yes. What's, what's Jesus saying? And then, bam, it, there it is, like you say in verse uh, – 44. 42 to and it's quite extended and, and he labors the point um you're not believing me i'm telling the truth if anyone who belongs to god hears what god says mm. and so he's he's really hammering at home and of course just later he says before abraham was i am if, and the uproar and so it's a very intense situation that i would quickly have skipped over i think other than other than just not really thinking, not having the permission to slow down has been really good. Yeah. Mm. Um, and uh, what um, what has it made you think application-wise or pastorally? Mm. Mm. I guess it's made me think of those times when I talk to someone who I'm trying to share Jesus things with and it's i feel like they're here they're trying to listen to me but they're not hearing and it's made me wonder or at different times thinking oh is it that this person's eyes hasn't been haven't been opened by god that he is in his timing perhaps not yet revealing himself to this person or it's taking time or yeah it, i guess that's where my thought went to but mm. it, I didn't go further than that. Yeah, yeah, no, the, the spiritual uh, warfare aspect of um, ministry yes. and evangelism. Yes. I didn't go towards the thought of the devil in that moment, but more God choosing his people and mm. and opening their hearts and their eyes, sort of 
Ephesians, I think it's Ephesians 1, it talks about that, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, mm. um, yeah, you'll, we'll come to that in um, John, I think, over uh, – the, mm. the blind man being able to see. Mm. Uh, yeah, good point. Chapter nine, so that mm. will fit. Uh, that will fit well. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. it's quite. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, looking forward to more. No, that's great. Mm. What about you? What have you been reading? Oh well, I'm very excited about a birthday book that I've been given um, called Dominion: The Making of the Western Mind by Tom Holland. I feel like I've been sharing lots of books about culture lately. Uh, Joe, yeah. but, um, you know, that's just the wave I'm on at the moment. Um, yeah. But uh, this is a great book. Tom Holland is a historian, uh, um, comfortable in the ancient world, in the medieval world, mm-hmm. I think, which is really cool because that's I don't, that f- those worlds feel very foreign to me, but mm-hmm. very comfortable to him. And uh, he's not a Christian, um, but what his case is that uh, that – our culture, our world, the, the Western world now, has been massively shaped by Christianity, and it's mm. it's like we're pretending that that's not the case. I think either he or one a reviewer gave the illustration of it's a bit like how people were mocked for being flat earthers, or um, the way an atheist might mock a believer who believes in six day creation. He's saying it's, it could really just turn it straight back and say the uh, the Western atheist totally is in, is in complete denial about the influence of Christianity on our culture and the way we think and the categories, mm. uh, th- things like human rights or the value of an individual or something like that that uh, mm. has really come from Christianity. So uh, uh, what he does is just kind of walk through different phases in history from the ancient world through to the kind of... Uh, I don't know what you've called the six, seven hundreds, um, mm-hmm. that kind of end of the Roman Empire time period, moving into the early Middle Ages, and uh, just pointing out things that came about because of Christianity, stuff like um, mm. hospitals or universities or the concept of human rights. Um, mm. And uh, so one that I um, thought I'd share is just the um, uh, opposition to slavery. And uh, yeah. I think, you know, I've heard of, I know a bit about William Wilberforce. I think a lot of people know about William Wilberforce in the 1700s. But um, way back in like the 300s, there's a theologian who's quite famous for, for other theological stuff, uh, Gregory of Nyssa, brother mm-hmm. of Basil. You might have, yeah, you and I probably have vague memories of this from Bible college yes. and church history. Um but uh, he was actually one of the first to condemn slavery, which is very common in the ancient world. Yes. Uh, but, um, yeah, that arose from his Christian faith and his studies of the scriptures to say that um, uh, humans have been created and valuable. And so he says um, that a human soul was literally priceless. It shouldn't be purchased. His quote here in is, not all the universe would constitute an adequate payment for the soul of a mortal. Wow. And so he's saying, no, you, you can't have slavery. Yeah. Um, at the time, it was not very well supported, but, um, yeah, he started a movement that, you know, to this day, it's a, Christians have a strong, firm case for um, against slavery being, um, mm. yeah, mm. against God's, uh, God's purposes and God's design as our creator. So, mm. yeah. How has reading this book affected your relationship with God? Hmm. Um, I think it's been uh, helped promote thanksgiving 
So I'm, mm. I'm thankful for elements of Western culture, uh, and I'm thankful that God has, uh, through history, has had an influence there. Um, mm. And um, I'm less embarrassed about God. I mean, mm. technically, of course, head knowledge, I'm not embarrassed about God, but less emotionally. Like, um, mm. So as I interact with the world or with the family or um, whatever it might be, um, there's nothing to be ashamed about with Christianity. Mm. Um, you know, sure, the church has had, so there's been some dark times in history and things haven't gone well at different times, but mm. um, there's uh, such a good influence and most people, given the choice, would they rather live in the Western world today or would they rather live in ancient uh, Rome where, you know, people might be crucified for disrespecting their master or um, mm. people sold on the market as a matter of course or infants left out to die in the wilderness. Mm. Um, mm. You know, most people would rather live in the Western world today. So, mm. um, yeah, I found that helpful. Well, that is very interesting. <laughs> Demi- do you want to repeat the title so we've got it? So it's Dominion, The Making of the Western Mind by Tom Holland. It's quite a long read, but pretty, he races along, pretty interesting. And, uh, yeah, not from a Christian guy, but, um, yeah, uh, Helpful happy read. to recommend it. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, well, thanks, Richard. We're out of time, but it's been good to talk. Fantastic. Great talking with you, Joe. Enjoy tennis next week. Uh, <laughs> and I'll talk to I you will. then. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. 